Hello, hello. Welcome to February, <laughs> the month of love. And of course, welcome to the fifth episode of Truth or Delina. As we all know, love comes in many forms, and one of those most present in our lives are our friends. Today, I have my friend Shelby here to help me answer a few of my very own questions that lead to love and to add some perspective to the broader podcast topics so far. Sit back, pop a champagne no matter where you are, and let's spread the love. Hey, friend. How's it going? (laughs) Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Welcome to the podcast side. I'm excited. How are you feeling about this whole experience before we dive on in? I'm feeling good. I feel like we can talk for hours and hours, (laughs) and we kind of figured might as well record it and get some use from it, even though we get use from it all the time, but I'm excited. Yeah, no, Shelby's right. Like, before (laughs) we started out today and everything, it's just like, we're always talking, and it sounds like a podcast episode, so I'm like, why not share the love, share with our friends, family, whoever's listening. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to thank you for joining me on my show today. Of course. Um, To give our lovely listeners a little bit of a background, Shelby and I were rooming together this past summer in the city. She is genuinely one of the most wholehearted, wise people that I know, and she inspires me with her authenticity and passion for life. I brought her on the show today to add one of the most important forms of love this season, friendship. Oh. (laughs) little surprise, (laughs) surprise for you. To do this, we will be going through a mini set of my very own questions that lead to love. For those of you who may not be familiar, the New York Times wrote an article on the widely shared 36 questions that lead to love back in 2015. These questions stem from a study that explores the intimacy between strangers and seeks to foster through three sets of progressively more profound questions. Me and Shelby may not be strangers, but we were at one point, and most people did start as strangers as well. So I just thought it'd be a fun little experiment and bring kind of the 2015 into the modern 2023 era. It's a little bit of a revamp with questions from the brain, questions from the internet, and some from the people around me. So we're going to get a little drum roll, and then we're going to get into it. if you made up like a whole 36 set I was like wow I didn't realize because you like started doing that not that long ago right Mm -hmm. yeah so like basically I think it was I I think the idea got triggered from when we were in the car and we were talking about how would you theoretically murder someone and how would you be (laughs) murdered and I was like I feel like you could tell a lot about someone based on like how they would murder somebody and how they would want to be murdered because like how you treat yourself versus how you treat others, but in an extreme way. Yes, right? for sure, for sure. Um, so that's like one of the questions on there, but I think since then it's been like 96 and I'm still going, but the goal is to dial it down to something more manageable and chunkable mm-hmm. like the article does. Yeah, or kind of how it progressively gets more. <laughs> yeah, like more intense. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that was really interesting about this is the grouping is very abstract. It's based on literally, that's why the podcast is called Truth or Delina, right? Because it's yeah. like, is it the truth or is it just what I think is the <laughs> truth? <laughs> that's like the fun part of it. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also part of the experience of just going from one sort of like idea or topic to just another opposite side. Mm-hmm. You know? No, exactly. Um, so to start off, we're just going to start with something super easy. What is your favorite day of the week and why? Mm -hmm. I feel like it would change depending on like my age, Mm -hmm. right? Because I know I used to love 
like when I was a kid growing up, I loved Sunday mornings. That okay. was like just my favorite thing. I would sit on the couch with my sister and we'd like lay on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. And my mom would make us like hot chocolate in the morning. We'd watch like mm-hmm. Sunday morning cartoons. I just remember growing up, that was my favorite day of the mm-hmm. week. But honestly, I think being a university student, probably Friday okay. or like Saturday morning, okay. something like that, where it's yeah. like I feel like I can let let a load off but um sunday feels a bit too close to the work week again so (laughs) that's the thing right like nostalgic preferences can or nostalgia can really tie into our preferences nowadays Mm -hmm. but then that really gets contrasted with what real life is like so it's like you're like all this stuff for sunday but because of how real life works i actually don't like sunday i know it's not (laughs) it it, it definitely did change but yeah Mm -hmm. i would say fridays are just one of my favorite days because i think you know, you're going to start your day, you're probably going to do something, going to go to school, going to go to work, mm-hmm. but you're always looking forward to something. True. That, like after know, that. Yeah. Whether yeah. you're going to a supper or you're going out that night or you're literally just going home and you're going to mm-hmm. hang out and like have a bath or whatever. Yeah. Like you're going to look forward to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Shelby loves her baths, guys, I, by the way. Like, I just love to bathe. <laughs> like our place that we stayed in over the summer, she was in the basement, she had a shower, but Queen used one of our roommates' bathtubs for three hours every single time she wanted a bath. You do know how to enjoy. Yeah. Um, I would say like my answer would be kind of along the same lines. As you were speaking, I think kind of like added data to my answer. I would say that I've always really liked Thursdays for some mm. weird reason. Cause it's not like when I get to Fridays, I almost always see the weekend ending. Like it's like the anticipation and Friday leads into the weekend versus Thursday. I like, it's like right before you still have a day left, but you're anticipating everything, mm-hmm. which is exciting. And if you set up your Thursday, well, it almost blends into the weekend. So that's true. Longer. That's true. That's yeah. just something I've noticed with, like a lot of experiences is sometimes the anticipation and the getting excited for it is just better than the actual experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause even if the weekend isn't exactly what you like expected, you're going to, you're still going to be excited for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. And like you said, with contrasting with the work week and everything, it's mm-hmm. like knowing that you have it off and being excited for it sets you up for it. It's like putting a filter over your weekend, even before it starts, it's going to be a good one. That's right? true. Yeah. That's true. What is something new that you've tried lately? Um, sort of what I was telling you the other day, how I tried that like bubble tea, but it wasn't bubble tea. It was like, oh, like the jelly, the, the <laughs> like, cube. Because I've seen those before and I was like, I've never tried them. And then when I went to that Vietnamese place, they had the two options and I was like, I'm going to try the other one. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy I did because I'm going to get that every single time. Oh, yeah. Honestly. It's kind of nice. Like, I feel like it has the chewiness texture thing that you want from, like, the regular balls, but it's not super committal. Where yeah, you have, well, like, they, they don't pop. Like, what it is. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the with boba. Like, they just, like, kind of explode. And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay, but sometimes that's not really what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you, like, suck too hard and launch and then it's- back <laughs> your throat and you're, like, dying. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um. So that's something very minute that I tried lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but what have you tried lately? I can keep thinking. Yeah, no, I like that answer. Well, I was even going to say, um, I find that trying new things is often better if you just integrate it in a small part. So like you said, like, oh, one small thing, like one small change, you usually have bubble tea, but then you change this one component. Like I feel like on a previous episode, I've talked about 
how when you're changing your routine and you're trying to adopt new habits, you have to like slowly trick yourself into it almost. Yes. So you kind of don't get scared of change if it doesn't go well. I feel like that kind of blends in with it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But something new that I've tried lately is a little bit more abstract as one does. And like we were saying, it's just spending more time by myself and like Mm -hmm. pursuing more artistic passions. And I feel feel like it seems pretty silly because it's, you know, we spend a lot of time by ourselves studying and especially being a student, but also I feel like a lot of that time isn't completely for yourselves versus now it's like, I'm going to commit and like book something in for me. And if other people come in, it's fine, but I'm not going to cancel on myself. I love that. Because even when you let me know about that show you were going to go see, it was like, I'm flying the solo tonight, but you're free to come. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a totally different thing than like, would you like to go to this? Mm -hmm. You know, we can go together. And then if they bail, then you kind of feel feel like you should too, right? So I I like, I think it's the commitment that is really inspiring. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the little tweaks, right? Like that's kind of what I realized in the whole like, being your 20s and growing up and it's reshaping what you already kind of know into like a more positive for you lane mm-hmm. instead of what we've always kind of thought was the standard. Yes. You could say. I, I, I get that because you almost think what's best for you is going to things with a big group of people and you're, you know, that's something mm-hmm. that I think, I don't know what it is if social media makes it seem that way. Yeah that it's not really advertised that sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is just go to a play or go see something Mm -hmm. by yourself. And that's what, that was the therapy you needed for the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, having an opportunity to reflect, but sometimes you want to, it's like, I think that's the main reason why people go to coffee shops to study or they just, you want to be around people, but you don't want to be mentally around other people. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, if social media didn't exist, what would you do with your life? <laughs> I don't think I would change pro- like professionally, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think because when you think about life, there's like so many different aspects. And I think social media controls a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But hopefully what you're doing as an occupation is something that you're doing because you love it, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't think that would change, but I just think like all my free time, like, Mm, I think just the whole comparison aspect of it, like Mm -hmm. in a way, um, I think about how, like I moved to a different province Mm -hmm. and some of the only ways that I can see what my, like old friends are doing is like just through social media Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So I think in a way say I moved here, I would be a little bit more like disconnected from home. I think I would feel less like, like integrated still in the community. Mm -hmm. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like, cause even when I come home, they, they see like, Oh, I saw you were at that place. How was that? And Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so I definitely would probably be a little bit more lonely here, Mm -hmm. but just in that sense. But I also think maybe it would allow me to like, really dive in to maybe dive in more into the the people here yeah right gotcha yeah Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I'm hanging on but I think that's a super big thing with like people from back from Mm -hmm. Sask I'm like oh yeah yeah, like 
I see them maybe once or twice a year, mm -hmm. but I know what they're up to and I can still see their faces and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I guess like two things come to mind when you say that is one, like I feel like it's a common thing that people say where social media really does foster connection, especially when you move away from your hometown or you don't talk to people. But then it's like if social media didn't exist, would you be making more of an effort mm -hmm. than to check in on those friends? Because you wouldn't be knowing what they're doing all the time. For sure. Right? Like, would you be calling, like, sure, you'd be catching up or knowing less about 40 people's lives, let's say. But then would you be calling 10 people more often? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it makes you think about your parents, right? Like, mm -hmm. they would leave their house when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. without, they didn't have a phone. Yeah. I guess they had a wallet. But, like, <laughs> they just left Yeah, just <laughs> with left. nothing mm -hmm. on hand, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think about, because my mom moved away from home as well. And whenever we go back to my grandparents' mm -hmm. house, there's about two friends that she always checks up with. And sometimes they can actually meet up, sometimes they can't. Mm -hmm. But I think that's interesting because when I come home, it's like, there's like, yeah, like you said, there's like how many people that I'm so trying to people. connect with where mm -hmm. she has those two friends that they were in her wedding party and like yeah, they were yeah. really special. And I think that makes, that makes sense because like, she didn't have yeah, the same access, yeah. right? And it'd be weird to trans transition that organic relationship into a purely online one. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I guess sure. like the second part of that that I think is really interesting is, do we think then that without social media would be growing at a much faster rate because we wouldn't be as tied to old things? Like even seeing our old posts and like, I feel like it kind of tethers you to who you used to be because you're always reminded of that um, and the people that you're with right it's a good point mm -hmm. so i don't know but i remember me and shelby had a conversation um about how her mom and her dad met and i'm bringing this up <laughs> because i thought it was really funny when you said your mom doesn't have didn't like doesn't really use her phone or didn't grow up with a phone went out with a wallet i remember asking like how did your parents meet or like i think they met at a party right mm -hmm. like that's how they met yeah they met at a social um and they were somewhat in the same friend group, but um, I guess my my mom was friends with my dad's friends, and they my dad had a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, <laughs> at the time, classic. <laughs> um, and they all hated my dad's girlfriend, and my mom didn't really know my dad, and she didn't really know the girl either. Mm -hmm. um, so, literally, I don't know if she like spotted him across the room and was asking about him. I'm not actually sure, mm -hmm. but her friends told her to just go up to him or whatever. Yeah. And she, the first thing she said to my dad ever was, <laughs> where's your bitch? <laughs> and he, like, she, he, his girlfriend was really, like, right behind him. And he was, like, just kind of pointed behind him. She he was, like, right there. Yeah. And I was, like, oh. Mm, like, mm, okay, lady. But he liked it. Like. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny. Like, you can imagine, too. You, you guys obviously haven't seen Shelby's mom, but she has, <laughs> like, curly, fun hair. She's such a fun personality. I just imagine if this, like, wild, curly-haired, like, pretty back lady 80s, back like... in the 80s went up to me and was like, where's your bitch? I'd be like, actually, she's not here anymore. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It, it's a cute story. It is a cute story. <laughs> and the reason I bring it up, not to, like, air out all your family no... laundry, like, <laughs> is because I remember asking her mom, I was like, so how'd you guys keep in touch or catch up after that point? Like, did you guys text? Yeah. I and know. she started <laughs> laughing at me. Yeah. That. 
in the kitchen because she was like, girl, we did not have texting back then. No, no. He would literally show up. I I don't know. It's a good point because I think you have to figure out their land location or whatever. (laughs) Where their farm is. Not even like what's your digits, what's your land location digits. Like, (laughs) you know. That is wild. (laughs) And then, yeah, she said he would just like show up and show up at her house and pick her up and Aww. yeah that's so sweet i think the geo majors the ge- like the geo geography i almost said geographic geography majors would have had a really big advantage back then with the land <laughs> locations then right yeah. yeah oh i just yeah if social media didn't exist i guess you kind of we can look at our parents mm-hmm. and those it's, generations it's kind of interesting model. because it's sort of like i can't really imagine it mm-hmm. but there has been there has there, been. like we can just look back and be like that's what it's like mm-hmm. without it right yeah true and i i kind of look at their lives back then and like sometimes i'm kind of like a little bit jealous i think it's mm-hmm. like it's a really cool just a cool time i think mm-hmm. and i feel like people were just connected in a different way yes right i agree with that i remember we were talking about how even though there's a lot more acceptance and everything not like you know not disregarding the polarization because there's also like codes and everything that makes you more boxed into what your opinions already are some people are very liberal and some people are very republican whatever like disregarding all that i think back then things were a lot more simple Mm -hmm. because you weren't like overwhelmed with information and false news and everything else it's something that i think our generation doesn't even realize mm-hmm. that how much content we're getting every day yeah. that people just didn't have. Like, you talk about, I just feel like whenever you'd um, talk to your grandparents and they're like, we were bored all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, like they were like, you can be bored. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're not comfortable mm-hmm. with. That's very fair. Like kind of the opposite of, you know, you hate being bored and everything, but I think you can also flip being bored to being like at peace or like mm-hmm. reflection time versus if you're not comfortable with being bored at all, then it's like you're shoving. Like, it's like if you had like $100 to spend at the grocery store, right? I've used this analogy in a previous podcast, but in a different way. It's like you could save that $100 because you only want to buy something that's like a dollar right now. Or you can spend all your $100 on things that you don't even want, but you're now out of money. Mm-hmm. And you're like out of energy and you start to exert yourself. Yeah, it's, it's not something that you're really asking for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess... I also feel like I don't even know if it's like entitlement is really the right word. Whereas you think back then when our grandparents were working, they were working so hard that when they had a chance, mm-hmm. like even growing up as teenagers, they were just working. Right. Yeah. So when they had a chance to just sit and be at peace, like you said, they didn't like, yeah, didn't complain they weren't complaining about, about it. it yeah. Right. Whereas I feel like we're just so used to, mm-hmm. like, I think we're so lucky to be living in this time, but it's a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's yeah, just knowing that you have the access to it's it's almost like you know when you go camping, it's a different type of piece because you can't go online. Versus, mm-hmm. I find most of the boredom comes from when you can access the internet or when you know that there's an alternative and you can get out. Yes, right. I I actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To end off this segment, first <laughs> segment, um, what is one quote or saying or teaching that you live by? Mm. Mm-hmm. speaking of grandparents but also anywhere that you get your teaching from even if it is social media mm-hmm. so it's by lewis carroll and it's in the end we only regret the chances we didn't take 
And that was like the chunk, but there's also a little bit more. There's the relationships we were afraid to have and the decisions we waited too long to make. Mm. So that was another thing where I can also be very indecisive. Yeah. Um, so it's, there's just a lot to think about where mm-hmm. I'm the type of person where I, I don't want to live life with regrets. Like who does obviously, mm-hmm. but I just really I have to think things through a lot, Mm -hmm. but you never know when you're thinking about something too much, you're letting it pass by, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So um, that's kind of a quote that I live by is that in the end, I'm not really going to be super upset about something and like a chance that I did take, even it turned out kind of poorly or whatever. It's still an experience Mm -hmm. that I learned from instead of being upset and disappointed in myself mm-hmm. saying why wouldn't I take that chance when it was given to me right because mm-hmm. not everybody is given the same opportunities it's kind of funny like you know that my quote or saying that I live by is also along the lines of like not regretting things and it's rather regret the things that I've done than regret the things that I haven't done mm-hmm. and it's like what you're saying I feel like when you actually experience and do things you have a, a fine, uh, like an actual answer in your head that you can refer to. And you're like, this is what happened. And you don't drive yourself crazy over the what ifs. Oh, yeah. Right. Versus when it's like you haven't actually done it. Your brain can just go down uh, like a rabbit hole and you can just keep going mm-hmm. with it. And it's like, I think part of it is like saving myself mentally in the future. But also knowing it's like another data point if mm-hmm. you've done it, even if it's a bad one. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's also just not worth it sometimes to mm-hmm. save yourself that mental peace to mm-hmm. think that's the decision I made and mm-hmm. that's the one that I'm sticking with. Because if you mm-hmm. always think about the what ifs, it will drive you crazy. Yeah, it will <laughs> drive you crazy. They're not even like real, mm-hmm. real what ifs because you don't even yeah, have exactly. the choice. You don't have right? the opportunity anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I agree with that. It's definitely, I mean, that kind of shows like how similar we are. Like our quotes are very parallel. <laughs> Um, yeah, I always find that that's such an interesting question to ask people because if they had, it's like, if you had one thing that you could tattoo in yourself, like the one thing that you funnel all your experiences from, what would it be? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, really cool. I like that question. So our number two, our second set, what are you scared of? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, mm-mm. Yeah. I feel like it could go so many different ways and like it's like how deep do you want to get but mm-hmm. yeah no it's <laughs> you fair know? you could be like mm, my mom but you could also be <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah like I find it's one of those things it's really good to think about your fears and what you're scared of because you can try to understand why and it's honestly more of a why than what, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say I'm scared of getting old and not necessarily dying alone, but it's something like that where I get to a point in life where I feel like there's no one like below me or above me or Ooh. the same. And I don't know if it's something where it's like, you know when you think about if you're gonna have kids and being a woman if that's something that's societal pressure like yeah. you know if you're not sure about having kids well then it's like well 
everyone talks about who's gonna like take care of you when yeah, you're older and gonna... blah, blah and right oh, yeah. it's I think that's something more that it is it's like it's not like I'm scared of dying alone like I won't have a partner mm-hmm. it's like dying alone of like kids and like yeah like no someone to carry on the name not necessarily like Like in a weird way (laughs) in a weird way but just like just once you're gone it's mm -hmm. like i know what you're saying like it kind of goes with you only really exist in the minds of others as much as we hate to admit it it's like the impact that you have in the world carries through stories and through like documentation and all that but that's primarily other people Mm -hmm. and so and it's something that I guess it's what's really important to you and I think it's something that you can accept but it's almost more of like when you're living life in the present is what I'm worried about Mm -hmm. you think about say great grandparents thing Mm -hmm. like do you know the names of your great great grandparents Mm -hmm. I don't right so it's kind of like Like, eventually really yeah that could happen to you yeah and like like, that's something i can accept but i just think when i'm like 80 if mm -hmm. i get there i don't want to be yeah right yeah you don't want to be just kind of everything that you've done up until then is just kind of puff gone Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah and you know that you've lived it and everything exactly i think it's real it's just always you're always gonna want something to live for and i think when you get to that point you want to see like your grandchildren living a good life or something like that like love for that's very fair like I feel like a lot of people that have reached their 60s unless they're one of those like crabby old grandpas it's like (laughs) they do live for other people and if you don't have somebody it's it's nice then to have somebody to live for that's also in the image of who you are which would be like descendants or somebody that you've mentored or known for a really long time right for sure then you can kind of like live through them but in a healthy way because you've always seen mm-hmm. them and known them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What are you scared of? It's a very good question because I didn't think of my answer <laughs> before I did it. I think, well, as we're talking about it and because we went down that route of like, it's like spiders versus deep answers. Your your answer kind of leads down to the fundamental fear route yeah. where it's like what drives all your decisions. So I think I'm going to go along that route. Um, and then I would say then like one of my fundamental fears is not like fully living to my potential or living by what I think that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you walk by those posters, even elementary school, and it's all saying like, at the end of the day, they regret not making those choices or not like loving who they wanted to love or like being true to themselves. Like, I don't want to be 80 and on my deathbed. And looking back and being like, I actually really wanted to do this thing, which would have led to this thing, which would have led to this thing. And just seeing a whole different life in the periphery mm-hmm. based on one choice or one thing that I didn't do. Because totally. all those choices are like so important, yeah. right? I agree. And then I think that also is something that is scary right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is the time that we're making these choices mm-hmm. that can lead to things, exactly. right? Exactly. And even when we were talking about dating the other day, I think dating is very prominent in conversations that we have because it's like in the society, it's important to have a partner, like somebody Mm -hmm. like friendships or whatever. But usually the strongest connection that you have in your life is your lifelong partner. And if you choose someone and it's like, oh, yeah, you can get out of it if they end up not being the right person. But that can stagger you back if you 
did have the opportunity to meet somebody that would have been that right person Mm -hmm. in years past. Like we were talking about your sister or like other people who have been in relationships since high school or for a while. And they're like, I don't see a future with this person, but I'm still going to date them. That's like, what if you miss somebody that was, would have been really great. Or even like we're single right now. And I'm like, I really love being single, but what if while I'm just (laughs) enjoying being single, I'm missing somebody that could be really great for at least a little while. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such a good, like, (laughs) that is one of those what ifs, right? Yeah. Because yeah, you can really enjoy what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. But that's something I told my sister too. Like, you know, dated someone for seven years. And I think halfway through, she was kind of questioning it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, think of all the people that you could have met in Mm -hmm. those other three years, like those last three years, right? It's a long time. Exactly. Or even like we were saying, even if she wasn't dating somebody within those three years, having three years of reflection and growth instead of on herself. Yeah. yeah, Instead of spending weekends with your boyfriend at the time or whatever, it's like going to spin class and like you meet other friends and you go down this other route and there's like so many different possibilities mm-hmm. yeah yeah and at least it's one of those things that you can learn from mm-hmm. right? true other people make the mistake and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's a willing mistake though so it's fine um so it kind of leads into the next question then is what or who is worth suffering for as we're talking about love and time and all this other stuff then mm. yeah yes this one I didn't think about much. <laughs> it is like, I don't know, it's a pretty intense question. Like, even the word suffering itself, I think a lot of us don't like to use. No. Yeah. No one wants to feel like they're suffering or anyone else to think that they're suffering. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of beauty in that. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, you know, like to say that you're willing to suffer for someone is so, so like, just be romantic. romantic. <laughs> But not suffering in, like, a toxic way. Exactly. It's, like, one of those tropes that, like, it could be kind of, like, really toxic. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's – there's definitely – to say what to suffer for is almost, like – I don't think there's any inanimate objects Mm -hmm. that you could ever – It's, like, be willing to suffer for. Like, that be worth it, Mm -hmm. right? So I only feel like there would be, like, someone – but I think about, I guess, I don't want anyone to suffer for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I would like... <laughs> no, I understand what you're <laughs> you saying. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking of, from my perspective, it's almost like, yes, I would be willing to suffer for someone, but would you want, want someone, someone to suffer, suffer for, for you? you? So then it kind of just like, I feel like that kind of messes with your head a bit. Yeah, a little bit. trying to figure where... out who it's you like, would suffer for I know. when you don't want other people to suffer for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Like I know for certain, yeah, I would totally suffer like for my family, mm-hmm. for my sister, for, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, there's just some, some relationships where it's like, I would never want like wish that on them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's but, like, I think the, the, what of the, like, who or what is worth suffering for sometimes i think some people would suffer for the greater good of humanity Mm -hmm. right like you have monks and you have like people who go to war and like all that other stuff and it's like there's subsets of they're suffering for their families and everything to make that income but also they're ultimately suffering and by putting their life on the line and like putting themselves in that position there's like that part of the what 
there's the who, like loving someone, mm-hmm. family, all of that. There's, is it worth kind of suffering through a job, like a really difficult job in order to have a lot of freedom, because, like financially, right? Exactly. So I think all that kind of goes along the line of suffering. But it is very true. Like when you think about just the, the who side of things, it's really hard to answer that without thinking, okay, but I don't want other people to have to go through mm-hmm. that thing too. Yeah. But it's a good point with like a lot of people that you talk to that are really successful in their career and mm-hmm. their field in that would say you need to suffer, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I think it depends, mm-hmm. but most would say that it's worth it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, what would you say for you then mm-hmm. at this point in your life, being 20 years old, a student, like exactly as you are right now, who or what is something that you would be willing to suffer for? I think, honestly, as a 20-year-old, I don't think to suffer for a person, like to suffer for a partner, mm-hmm. I don't really know if I would understand that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, because I'm on the same page. <laughs> right? Because I just think you have so much life that, if you're putting yourself through hell for a person when I think it should be easy, mm-hmm. honestly, like not every relationship is easy breezy, but I think if there's a point where you can decide mm-hmm. and you don't want to suffer, yeah. who, who does, yeah. right? Um, so I would say as a 20-year-old, probably not for love yet. Yet. But... I think the whole grind and getting to a place where you like financially and career wise Mm -hmm. is probably you're going to suffer a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like even if it's not, and I guess it's worth like noting too the differences suffering doesn't have to be some big, like, you know, big, big act. It's just clinging to life. Yeah. Like (laughs) clinging to your death, like deathbed. It can be just, opposite to what is comfortable for you and like pushing that needle a little bit every day I would agree with that like even if it's you know against your nature to get up really early in the morning but you know that that's where you'll be the most productive where you get the most work done and then you can go work out because that's what you really enjoy like making that time for yourself Mm -hmm. can be partially suffering but it will be worth it at the end of the day yeah yeah I know or a lot of business people say that like taking cold showers in the morning is like five minutes of suffering, mm-hmm. but then you continue on with your day and you feel like you can take on the rest of it. The rest of it. True, like the initial sufferings, mm-hmm. or even if it's difficult to start something, that's worth suffering through. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I yeah I like that answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I hate cold showers, so <laughs> I understand. Yeah. The sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. Very true. It's an analogy that mm-hmm. like applies to a lot of things. Um, next question is, what are your core values? I guess in this sense, and I was talking to a friend about this in previous, which is how we kind of like set the premise of what a core value is, is when you're like in disagreement with somebody, um, most of the time it's because they directly disagree with one of your core values versus when you really vibe with people right off the bat, it's because you're emulating or like, really showcasing one of your core values. So like for me, I've identified that one of my core values is accountability. 
which is like when people are able to apologize for things, own up to things, that could be something small. Like when you bump into somebody and you just say, I'm sorry to all the way to just admitting to really difficult things. I think that when somebody isn't able to be accountable or like, is like beats her on the bush a bit or like tries to spread the blame. That's like my first instinct of I'm not getting along with this person. So I would say that's like one of my core values. Yeah. That kind of reminds me about, um, I, I can't handle hypocrites. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, it's, it's similar where I just, it's one thing to not like something Mm -hmm. and that can be your, your opinion or whatever. But I think, to scold someone for doing something and then turn around and do that exact same, same thing. thing. And I think hypocrites can always like, they can try to go around and say like, well, I'm in a different position, but it's just, it's the sentiment of scolding someone else, mm-hmm. you know, it really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely hypocrites. Um, that would be like kind of, you could break that down into respect and a bunch of different is. things, right? Like respect it's and accountability. What makes you, above the other person mm-hmm. honestly yeah right and i think there was something <laughs> i was i was watching how i met your mother okay and um i just think watching it and <laughs> it's a relationship between barney and robin have you seen yeah. yeah and in the last season the whole like premise of the relationship is based off of lies i guess mm-hmm. so i think it was just something when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know. There's no way I can do it. Right. Like, I know honesty is a virtue. And it was one of those things where it's like Barney would lie. And sometimes it would be for Robin's benefit. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it would be like he's putting her through all of these things just so that he can, like, propose to her. Oh, or something like that. Yeah. Like, I, I understand when you're, there's, like, lies for someone in a way that like you're not trying to hurt them or whatever but their just whole relationship is based on like she doesn't trust him mm-hmm. and that's something where it's like and he says i'm going to lie i'm going yeah. like that's something that they are oh. aware of mm-hmm. and i was like there's no way that you'd be able to, to like just continue a relationship with someone that i know is gonna lie to me and i just never know when mm. so like I guess a subset to this question then, like, I think it'd be really interesting to see what your perspective on it is, is do you think then that there's ever circumstance where it's okay to lie to someone or stretch the truth? Do you think there's a difference between when people withhold the truth? Like, you know, like when people tell half truths Mm -hmm. versus if they're lying (laughs) for the benefit of someone versus if they delay telling you something, Mm -hmm. but they tell you anyways, like, is it, like what what's your stance on yeah that is such a good one honestly about when someone's withholding the truth is it a lie Mm -hmm. which i i can't say that it is i only is right Mm -hmm. but just like i don't know just i think to lie is to say something that isn't true yeah but i kind of feel if someone were to ask you something and you tell half of it. Yeah. That's not really the right, truth. though. Yeah. So I guess it's like, don't. Um, I, 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 yeah. I definitely think you can lie to someone for their benefit. Mm-hmm. It's just that can't be the basis of a relationship. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if they ask you about it directly, then it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you got to own up to that. 
No, exactly. Like, there's small things. Like, if someone did very poorly on a test or something and you want to, like, boost their Mm self-esteem, it's – you're not lying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's – I know what you're saying. Even the test example, that's really relevant to just, you know, protecting someone's feelings, but it's not something that directly impacts them. It's not going to change – what they got on the test because mm-hmm. what are they going to do with that new information it's just exactly if if you're just wanting the best and you mm-hmm. want, you're not wanting them to sulk in it yeah i do i do like that so looping it back i thought that i didn't have this question to set but i do is which of your preferences are solely shaped on nostalgic experiences to give an example of that because again it's like one of those abstract questions is I've identified that I really, really love soup. <laughs> like how like a really, which is so funny because we joke around, Shelby's last name is Campbell. And that's a soup brand, obviously. So I'm like, mm, maybe it makes sense. But yeah, like I really like soup and I've always just gravitated towards it. Like if I can choose, it just like, it makes me happy. Like instantly mm-hmm. when I eat it. And it's because when I was younger, we would always, every time I was sick or every time, like it was a good day or whatever, like soup is used a lot in a lot of Vietnamese dishes as like a celebration and a healing type of vibe. So and I think like just growing up with that, the soup being in that category, mm-hmm. it ties those emotions to it indefinitely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, mine is super specific as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's um anytime I smell gasoline or mm-hmm. diesel, mm-hmm. it takes me back to snowmobiling with my family um but it's, it's interesting because i've grown up snowmobiling so it's you know i've been snowmobiling with them when i was like teenager and whatever but whenever i smell it i think back to my old house when i was like like literally like five or six you know yeah, wow so it's sort of a super like i remember smelling it when i was younger mm-hmm. and it is a it's a good memory though, yeah. right? Like when sometimes when people smell that, they're like, I hate the smell of it. Oh, but it's like, it takes you back and it's a super big family mm-hmm. activity we do. And I think that's why I really like it. Yeah. And I've been doing it for so long, I think. And yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, but mm-hmm. it's never fails, right? It yeah. never like, it always reminds me of it. I was going to say, like, I didn't know that about you, but I feel like that is such a just, like, hearing the story and then hearing about, like, I don't know, your tie to it and whatever. It's like, I don't like the smell of gasoline, but it's <laughs> interesting to see how, like, it almost makes me want to, like, smell of gasoline based on, or, like, Aww. share in that sentiment <laughs> because it's, that's how strong it is for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like. It's I, kind of crazy. Yeah. I remember reading an Instagram post about how, it's weird how authors don't really describe smell as much when they're describing things in books. It's all hearing and touch and what you can see and like what, yeah, all the other senses, but smell is one of the things that really ties us the most to Mm -hmm. things of the past, right? Like I find like when me and my ex broke up this one specific laundry detergent, every single time I smelled it, I felt like Mm -hmm. I was back at their house just wow, like watching yeah. a movie where it's like the gasoline thing and mm-hmm. I think if you like were to think about all the smells and how like the memory of like the first time that like had a strong reaction you probably could mm-hmm. remember 
It is is really funny, and sometimes you don't even realize the connection until later on, too. I remember whenever we would go camping, we had this one Bath and Body Works soap. It was like Endless Weekend or something. (laughs) It was super cheesy. But um, we had it in the camper for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I don't know if I got a candle. It was like a gift or something. Mm -hmm. And it was that scent, and I was like, whoa totally reminded me of going camping with my family years later Mm -hmm. and it just was like i'm so like i'm so far away Mm -hmm. it's not summertime yeah it's total opposite of why would i be thinking about it right Mm -hmm. and it just it just brings you back Mm -hmm. super specific right Mm -hmm. there must be some science behind that that we just don't know two people that didn't really take biology in high school (laughs) i know i was deeply explained Okay, so how do you celebrate yourself and your wins? And mm. it's along the positive vibe. That'll be our tie. Yes. <laughs> the little wins, I want to take a bath. <laughs> wow, you are so <laughs> consistent. I love it. <laughs> Something like that. It's, which is, is honestly odd because, you know, when you're having a bad day, you just want to take a bath. Sometimes I'm like having a good day. And I want to take a bath. Just all the time you want to take a bath. You know, an extreme home makeover when they design those houses yeah. for this family. Your whole room should just be a bathtub. <laughs> like the whole thing, the mattress goes yeah, in. Yeah, home and I just, yeah. But I guess um, I feel like cel- I have to celebrate myself with like positive words too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Like words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. Yeah. There's sometimes when I've, I've had a good day and it's almost easy to say like, oh, like I did really good in the, or like feel you did really good in mm-hmm. your like presentation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just keep going on with your day, going on with the hustle bustle. Yeah. But sometimes you kind of have to sit down and be like, pat yourself on the back yeah. and say like, you put a lot of work into that mm-hmm. and it was successful. And I think you should be proud of that. And then go get a coffee or like, yeah. you know. <laughs> I get that. It's like speaking it and like confirming mm-hmm. that this happened, right? Yeah. Like just allowing yourself the moment to be like, like, I really did that. Almost allow yourself to indulge slightly. It's mm-hmm. not like too much, but mm-hmm. just to remind yourself that working hard, it does pay off, yeah. you know? Whether or not that's with friends or I find if I don't give myself the opportunity to give myself words of affirmation, it's going to slowly trickle out into talking to people and like wanting to get those affirmations from other others, yes. which is fine to some extent, you know, like we know, we both know people that are, they seek that affirmation from everyone. Yeah. But it's like, if you can find the time to just do that for yourself. You need less of like mm-hmm. confirmation from other people. At least that's what I've realized for myself. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's awesome to have, you know, surround yourself with people so that when you have those little wins, they're excited for you. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of agree when you almost acknowledge it yourself and you just kind of think first, when you tell them, it's almost less needy and mm-hmm. it's more just like you're excited about it. Whereas, have you, ever, like, have you had it where someone tells you something and it could be like a big deal it could be like wow that's yeah. so cool and they're just like super weird about it like yeah. they're like not like they're too humble <laughs> mm-hmm. i know what you mean yeah. yeah 
like they're trying to like keep it in almost or like try to balance mm-hmm. out when they're telling you exactly yeah or it's like if you were to just say it excitedly mm-hmm. not like because you've accepted it within mm-hmm. yourself and you're like i'm proud of myself so other people should be proud yeah. of me like just be comfortable with it yeah. just not being annoying about it <laughs> exactly there's a fine line there is. it definitely is um definitely food like you were saying coffee and mm. i just immediately definitely coffee is such an easy way to work it's way too accessible they have starbucks every university corner mm-hmm. or you walk out of the exam oh, i'm gonna treat myself to starbucks now or like the little flavors and things like that i think more specifically it's been i'm gonna celebrate myself with something i haven't done before or haven't tasted before mm-hmm. yeah that's a good it's one. like I find it's the mental association of I haven't done this before and I also haven't eaten or consumed this before. So together, it's like a whole unique accomplishment that I can box away. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when you think back to that, like, one accomplishment that you did or whatever, it, it is a little bit sweeter, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like the smell thing or the whatever. So yeah, it's like, uh, it's funny how your brain works, you know, like mm-hmm. all those connections that you can make. The opposite of like celebrating yourself I guess is worries and with that being said what is something that is always at the back of your mind worry wise we're into the third step this was such a good one and I forgot to think about it (laughs) that's okay (laughs) no that's fair something I find having like worries in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. you like you forget about it you do but it's still there you just shove it deep deep down yeah and And then there's sometimes where it's almost like say you're having a good little stint in life Mm. but then you're like kind of like it always creeps back in but Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah that's the thing Mm. where that question i really i really like it what where did it come from i think it was honestly we were talking about it but it was like randomly camping and it was kind of i think it was tying into the murder question a little bit because it was like, oh, you're talking about murder. And I was like, oh, that's I'm, something I'm worried about. <laughs> it's like, but in like the way that it's worded, it's like when it's always at the back of your mind, it's like fundamental fear, but in a different way, like fundamental stressor. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of where that comes from. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think being a student right now, finances is something that's always going on in my brain. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about things and how to make ends meet, how to make things work, how to budget for what you know that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that (laughs) I was in high school, like less than five years ago. And Mm -hmm. that was not something that was really in the back of my Mm -hmm. mind. Like, honestly, to think about what was in the back of my mind in high school would be just something stupid. Yeah. You know, boys or people or whatever. Exactly. Like friends and if it's not like the stuff, like what would be like, I guess to narrow down the field a little bit mm-hmm. is what is something that's a recent worry at the back of your mind that would be different from high school and from previous. Like something that's a newer worry, but it's very present. Well, I've just been slightly stressed about going away. Yeah. So that was bad. something like, I don't know why, but I keep thinking about that one story of the lady that went on exchange and yeah. she was killed. Oh my god! <laughs> well, it's actually like it was. Um, I'm, I'm something that's creeping up in the back of my mind is like safety for me. 
because I think growing up in a small town, that was never really something mm -hmm. that I've had to worry about. Yeah, It's always been like super small community. You can go biking late at night whenever you want, mm -hmm. like just stuff like that. And then I moved here and everyone was always like, hey, well, be careful. And I yeah. am, but I also still feel quite safe. safe. I just think it's where I find myself, mm -hmm. right? Like when I'm at school, I feel safe. When like I'm going to friends, I feel mm -hmm. safe. Stuff like that. I, I'm not putting myself in positions where I'm walking downtown at night. Yeah. But going to a totally different continent, not knowing the language, mm -hmm. that's something where I'm a bit more worried about my safety. And yeah. just, I guess, life in general, mm -hmm. it's something that I've... Well, I, I guess being, of. like, a female, I've always had to worry. But it's I'm way more aware of, like... Yeah. Like what that those consequences could mm -hmm. mean, and the level of how unsafe things can be, and what that yeah, would look like. It is kind of mm -hmm. like one of the. I met someone from England, and like one of the first things they said when I told them I was going on exchange, they were like, "Always keep your like phone and your wallet in your front pocket, like all the time." Holy! Like there's pickpocketers, and like that's constant. And mm -hmm. I was like, really yeah wow. that's like something that you don't really i never here. really worry about that like mm -hmm. just walking down a regular street you know yeah so would you say then that these types of worries or your specific worry will get better when you come back from austria mm. or do you think becoming more aware of it will make it even more of a worry yeah it's that's a good say, one but it's yeah true. <laughs> because i find you're you're more of scared like you're more scared of things that you're aware of yes so true so ignorance is bliss it's sort of from. one of those situations that maybe when i actually in that environment mm -hmm. where i know it's real and i've seen it yeah it could make me more on edge of like all yeah. the possibilities exactly i guess because yeah when you're going from a small town you're not constantly seeing like just people being mugged or like all these <laughs> something like that yeah right that's true it's weird because like sometimes yeah sometimes i think about where it's like we live in a big city but if you're not in that area i almost feel like it's not even part of mm -hmm. where we live because we don't see it but it does happen a lot yeah like i guess there's people from new york that like they're just used to i all the time yeah all the crazy <laughs> shit that happens places and stuff mm -hmm. so it, that is a good question. Right. There's a lot of different ways that you can mm -hmm. go with it. My worry then would tie into what you were saying about like a fear. And it's like, I just don't want to end up being alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And I find as much as I enjoy being alone, the more that I enjoy it, the more that I'm aware that if there's a second where I don't enjoy that and I am lonely, mm -hmm. then it's like, and you're stuck with that because we're in a point where it's like fine to be lonely because you can choose yes. not to be eventually. But I do recognize that once you get to like your 30s, your 40s and whatever, it's a lot more that's real true. that it could just be that's the rest of your life. And then it's not a choice anymore to be alone. It's, it's like <laughs> a fact. <laughs> it's that scary. I get that. It's true. And I feel like that would be something that just like slowly creeps up more and more mm -hmm. because you can be so content right now yeah. and then something flips where you're like i want to be in like a five-year relationship yeah. right now yeah exactly 
you just, you never know. Mm-hmm. Like we've always said, you're not know. Like you're not gonna know how you're gonna feel in the future. Yeah. At least you know now how, yeah, you, how feel, you feel. But this, right? It's like yeah, I could be totally comfortable with it right now, but it, like or like in the future. But I guess the the right now me is still worried about that. Mm-hmm. Has been worried about that, and it's like yeah, it's really hard when everybody's in completely different lanes and. The comedian that we were watching yesterday, Taylor, she was saying how sometimes you're like, it's like you're on the freeway and you're like, the, the lane beside you is moving really fast. So you switched over. But then the lane that you were originally in moves fast and you just keep switching back and forth until eventually you're like, is it me? Like, I don't Honestly. want to get to that position where it's like, is it me and the decisions that I've made? Mm-hmm. Where now it's like, yeah, I'm like really happy. It wouldn't change anything. But now I keep just switching lanes and now I've lost the initial lane that would have gotten me to my end destination it's true because mm-hmm. yeah i find it's not that you're not open but sometimes you can get comfortable mm-hmm. with just and you can just keep reminding yourself that you like being alone yeah until until it gets to the point where it's like do i or has mm-hmm. it just been was it convenient at the time and now it's routine but i should have broken out of that earlier it's true I just don't, I don't know. I don't see myself being 25 and loving it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great when yeah. you're 20. But... <laughs> but like in a couple of years. No, I know. And I think about it, it's like, well, maybe I should get on that then. But like also, I don't know. There's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of those things that, yeah, it's the worry that branches into a bunch of other worries. I think it's the same thing with safety, right? And then you think it's more about, well, yeah, I'm a woman. And then it's like, wait, what other areas am I also going to feel this way, but worse? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel this level of unsafe here, but then if I go somewhere else, it's going to be worse. And it's like, we're better. And anyways, I guess that's yeah. how worries really work anyways. It's just yeah. spiral. <laughs> it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we say experience things yeah. so that you can get a better idea. <laughs> Speaking of experiences, what experience or person has shaped you and your life the most? Hmm. I like the different ways you could go with all of these. Yeah. You know, experience could be something so different than, like, person. Exactly. And maybe that person wasn't an experience with you, right? Yeah, exactly. You ever just think about, like, hmm, what would this say about me? (laughs) Yeah, I know, exactly. (laughs) And that's kind of where my brain goes, but not, like, an offensive, I'm trying to figure out way, Mm -hmm. but just, like, you can't distinctly group people based on how they like hop or like start out on a question mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yes okay so I definitely think a person that has shaped me would be my mom and you know how much I love my mom mm-hmm. I love your but mom too <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting where it's the shaping has just changed over time mm-hmm. like I do think she obviously shaped who I was as a teenager but becoming an adult now it's just so much more prominent Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where even though I'm moved out and I'm like quite a few hours away I'm still not super dependent but I'm still dependent on her where it's it's kind of it feels good Mm -hmm. to have that type of person yeah where it's she's not even just someone that is like your caretaker and like she raised you but she's someone else now like she's someone changed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she's not just shaping me as like her kid Mm -hmm. it's something like she's shaping me as a person that she 
wants to see in the yeah. world. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you're kind of like triggering my memory as to the conversation that we had the other day about relationships with our moms changing and how you don't have to be like best friends with your mom, like in Mean Girls and everything and tell her everything about your sex life. But it's nice to have the relationship where like as you're talking to her, it's like you can tell that her knowledge comes from when she was our age growing up and going through life too Mm -hmm. yeah and we were also saying how moms don't really care if you're wrong or right Mm -hmm. yeah like there's no bias because there's no bias like you know there's no like i guess there are heavy relationships but usually like there's not really jealousy there's not really competitiveness like she just wants what's best for you Mm -hmm. and it's refreshing to have a conversation with someone like that because you just you can trust that. Exactly. And it's like somebody, it's almost like, I guess, a therapist, but they're free. And it's, <laughs> um, and it's also like they know you so well that they can see through when you're trying to convince yourself of something or you have been for so long that you can't even tell that it's mm-hmm. not actually what you want because they've known us since diapers. And it's like, absolutely, do you actually really want that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can cut through the BS and mm-hmm. just they see Absolutely. Like, see you and see, like, what like your potential and everything, because that's what mm-hmm. they're pleasant to what you were saying, too, with getting old and just wanting the best for someone that yeah. like, you kind of not necessarily shaped in the image of you, but like given your best to, and then you hope that they'll take the best from that. It's so true. Yeah. That's that could also be another fear where you like have a child and then you start seeing your worst qualities in those. <laughs> like in your people like it's that's something that i think would be so devastating yeah (laughs) probably i think about that sometimes too when i like you know my stance on children right Mm -hmm. now is kind of just on the fence like i'm not super tied to having or not having my own biological or adopting and i think part of it is if like it's good that you don't have full like ownership over your kid you should never have full ownership but you do have some responsibility in raising them to the point where they're an adult because if they like grow up with really violent tendencies <clears throat> and they go out in the world and like put that on the world like that's partially your that fault is. like it's not you oh, can't totally. not you, blame you that. brought them here <laughs> yeah and they're a menace <laughs> yeah like it's <laughs> right and it's like even just like you think about you can't really dictate who can be a parent or not but if you're in the position where you definitely cannot financially support your kid and they grew up in that really difficult circumstance for sure then it's like that's also your responsibility to have made that decision and like then work harder to make it so that you change your circumstance i agree right yeah yeah oh my god i don't even know where we started (laughs) right (laughs) experience or person right like i feel like recently like we were having that conversation about our moms definitely looking back. I think my mom has been somebody that's really influenced my life, whether I've known it or not. Like I think our difficult relationship before helped me to kind of like become the headstrong person I am today and be more critical about what I think and like question things. Because even though it's like annoying to have your mom question you and like it's kind of formed my way of thinking in a more positive way now that I'm old enough to understand that and like turn it into a positive learning than a negative one that's awesome 
Yeah. And it's like, uh, again, being in your 20s, and it's like really cool to have that. And then I guess experience wise, I would say that my relationship with my mom is what really pushed me to move away and discover myself because I was like, at the time we had a really difficult relationship and I wanted to not be like that, that person. Be stuck. Yeah. Um, not be like stuck in the relationship, stuck at home. And now it's all kind of coming back full circle where it's like, you know what? It's a lot harder what she did to stay in where she was and have the opportunity to grow and then look back on that. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a overall, like a really big learning lesson that I've had. And if I didn't move out and I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have gone into end. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be doing a bunch of different things. So it's funny how like one small thing, I think if we got along really well, I probably would have stayed home. It's true. Yeah. What a good point. Yeah. Honestly, because there's definitely something to be said about just taking yourself out of an environment that you're comfortable in. Yeah. But sometimes you don't have the choice. Sometimes you really just cannot be there anymore. Yeah. So I think sometimes those difficulties are a blessing in disguise because you've grown so much and then you come to a point where you appreciate her even more. Yeah, exactly. Like you come back around and I always say, you know, physics, the displacement might be zero, but you have to do the distance to really fully understand and respect why you started from that point in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of people who find that they can never find forgiveness with their parents and everything. And I think that's fine if it's like a really difficult circumstance, but you need to find forgiveness for yourself. At some point it becomes half your responsibility to repair that relationship if you want to. It's mm -hmm. not just the parent that has to do that. And like when you're able to do that, that's when it's like you've locked in your best friends for the rest of your life. If you can really make that work, right? True. For like the rest of their lives, I guess, yeah. hopefully. But anyways, <laughs> technicalities. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Just like thinking of your parents as more of a friend than mm -hmm. yeah. that's kind of nice. I think too, like people, it's nice because you always think family will always be there, but then that's when you say kind of the most terrible things, you don't like present yourself as the best, you don't keep trying to grow that versus with friends. It's like, I'm thinking, I love going out to movies with my friends, doing all these things to like advance the friendship unconsciously or consciously. And it's like, why can't we do that? Like, why can't I go to the movie with my mom and plan to go to a restaurant with her and catch up mm -hmm. and like make this huge thing instead of just going over and making her cook dinner, you know? I agree. That was kind of like when my mom was coming up during the summer. Yeah. And then my sister wanted to come to me. Yeah. I was kind of like, I just like don't really spend one-on-one -on -one time mm -hmm. with my mom. Yeah. And I was like very excited to, to just do that. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's also another interesting point is like growing up and seeing our parents as individual people instead of just in a unit. And if you yes. always just see your parents as your parents, but seeing them as like normal people allows them to grow and then allows you to grow with them and like let them have things that are imperfect and perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, so like the next question that I have for you is what makes you really excited about life in general? Mm. It's not just specifically the life that you live maybe, but also the possibilities that are, that are out there. Yeah. Well, like you just said, like the whole possibility thing, that's the, it's, it's the anticipation, kind of mm -hmm. how we were talking, and yeah. all the, it's almost the opportunities of what's out there that makes it exciting. Yeah. Because I think there's 
people out there that can have a hard life, but there it's the positive people that are so excited about it. Yeah. You ever you ever met someone that's like gone through so much? Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, how are you still like so going? Lovely. And you're still excited and you know, and I think it's just their perspective and like they see what else is out there. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what gets me going. It's yeah. like I've been blessed to have like a super like privileged life and just like a lot of things that I've been given with opportunities that mm-hmm. it's just like you have to be appreciative and I'm very appreciative and I'm very excited about everything else mm-hmm. that can come from those experiences. Yeah. Like excited to meet more like-minded people and mm-hmm. to keep growing into that like not unconditionally positive person, but the person who sees the like all the possibilities and everything that you yes. can do because you have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also just the snowball effect of what you've gone through already mm-hmm. I think it's good to look back and sort of how we were saying moving out and mm-hmm. like realizing all the positives that came from that yeah. is like I'm so much more excited about possibly moving somewhere else or like where would I want to live you know mm-hmm. and kind of like feel the same way that mm-hmm. I got from this experience is it's exciting yeah I really like when you brought it back to the past because I think a lot of it like there's this, that trend of like looking back on your past self when you're younger I mean like you're talking to that girl but I also think looking back and seeing how far you've come and knowing that you can do that times three or four with what mm-hmm. you know now True. in the least like less time is very exciting too I would say like same vibe too with just being super excited about the things that you can experience but more specifically I think this is most relevant to now is I'm really excited about the people that I'm going to need and who or how they're going to affect me and how I'm going to like impact them because it's lately like meeting people like we met this this small business owner yesterday when we were out watching speed skating and she started her own vegan lipstick business from another mentor and now like I'm thinking of starting a business or like going other Mm -hmm. places and talking to her and just all the knowledge and the people that you can meet is just so cool. In your eulogy, who do you want to be remembered as and what do you want to be known for and or? Hmm. I think about um, just sort of, yeah, I'm a funeral, whoever's up there saying my eulogy. And I guess whenever someone says that they want to be known as like a positive light or just that ray of sunshine, Mm -hmm. I, I do want to be remembered as someone like that but almost in a way that I was like a real light yeah if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like someone that cared more about telling you like just being real Mm -hmm. and still being excited about things and still wanting to like brighten people's day but just also being real with them and like having them like being someone that they can rely on mm-hmm. to tell them like the truth the and like truth. how they like really feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily being unconditionally positive, but being positive where it matters and being able to like steer or give the advice where you can to eventually yeah. become a positive. You know, and yeah. like obviously when I'm feeling good and I'm having those good days, I want to bring that, but I also don't want like 
people who are always like, she was like always so positive and yeah, like you know yeah. like she's real too mm-hmm. she's a real person like to show her like real colors yeah that's kind of what i hope for because mm-hmm. even talking with my sister i feel like i've always been pretty like brutally honest with her yeah honestly but she was telling me last night she was like i really need it though she's one of those people that she needs someone mm-hmm. because you get like really close friendships too and it's just the ones that they're a little bit more mainstream and they're telling you what like you think you want to hear or mm-hmm. they just they're trying to be nice whereas yeah. like i can see what she's really feeling and i'm willing to like bring that out oh, yeah. and i would rather be that person for someone than someone that i'm just like telling yeah. what i think they want to hear and i think like i've always said that i really enjoy like coming to you for advice because it's you're telling me from what you know that I would actually do. Like you're giving me that advice. It's well suited to me, but you're still being honest and being willing to tell me like with your like opinions, what you actually think. Like I remember when I was like freaking out about somebody over the summer and like all this, and you're like, that's really great based on your prior experiences, but also you need to think about this Mm -hmm. and it's very respectful. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Like I'm going (laughs) to think about this. And that's what I hope. Yeah. I hope people can sort of, know that whatever i'm telling them is not something that i'm just like just saying just saying you know Mm -hmm. i like i truly mean it yeah absolutely talk's not cheap and Mm -hmm. i like really value your opinion always oh thanks yeah (laughs) um yeah so we were saying before the start of all this that our conversations sound like podcast episodes Mm -hmm. and i think after that they really do Thank you again for sharing this experience with me and for being so supportive throughout my journey to the big city, but also just in all my pursuits and everything. And I am so thankful to know you. I We've said that you're moving to Austria for exchange, which is making me really sad, but I am really excited for all the knowledge and the learnings that you'll be undoubtedly bringing back with you. And I do have the one very, very last question that I saved for the very end, if you're ready. <laughs> if this were to be our last conversation, what is something that you would never want me to forget? I'll keep it short and sweet. I just would want you to know about your impact on my life, but then also mm-hmm. how much I care for you too. Does that make sense? You yeah, know, yeah, it's, gotcha. it, it's such like a like mutual relationship, I feel. Yeah. So that's something that is... I care about my impact, but mm-hmm. I hope you know how much you've impacted mine. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be thinking about you all the time oh. <laughs> when I go abroad. Like, it'll be just like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, oh, what she up to? But just like all of your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, you guys can't see us right now, but we look like two teenagers. Like, oh, my God, are we about to kiss right now? We're like, no. Like, for two people that talk a lot, we don't, like. I know. Just, like, the mushy stuff. The, the mushy stuff, we're like, no. It's, but, like, like, it's like, we know. But, like, <laughs> like, I know you love me, and you know that I love you, but, like, we don't really. It's under the table. It's, yeah. like, a, it's like an illegal dealing. <laughs> I love that, though. <laughs> Lots of gratitude and love this episode to Shelby and to you all. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and learn with us, and I hope that you found a few questions to reflect on, chat about, and grow from. There are many more where those came from, so stay tuned for future content as always. 
I love you all and tune in next time for another episode of Truth or Delina. I can't wait to chat again soon. My name is Delina. Cheers. Well, we're kind of used to having these types of conversations and questions, so it's a bit easier, but I imagine asking some of the guys, it's like they'd be sitting here for 10 years going like, I don't know what my favorite day of the week is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Respectfully. No hate.